Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I'm the president here at IAW and excited to welcome another one of our influencer members for a conversation today about how to level up your leadership. I'm joined today by Wendy Pressler, who is one of our influencer members. She is a master certified coach, and we're going to learn all about how to level up your leadership. Wendy's going to share her story and background, and we'll dive into some really great questions. Wendy, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining me here today. I know I did a very quick introduction. If you could kind of dive in a little bit more, tell us more about your background and um, how you got into coaching. Oh, sure. Thanks, Megan. I appreciate being here. Um, I started a career in high tech several decades ago. And loved what I was doing, was never intending to leave my career. And while I was doing that, I went through a year-long leadership development program. And part of that, I got a coach. So for about six weeks, I had a coach. And I was so impressed with the results that I produced with the coach that I decided that I needed to learn to be a coach. And I coached that program for a year I coached the coaches in the program for about five years, built a part-time coaching practice. And after coaching for probably a dozen years part-time, I ended up taking a couple of years off from my corporate job because my grandmother who lived with me and was about 95 did not enjoy my international travel schedule the way that I did. (laughs) So after taking care of her for a few years until she passed away, I decided I didn't want to go back to corporate America. And I knew I wanted to do something where I was making a difference on a daily basis the way that I had for her. So it was a no-brainer that I should just be coaching every day. Mm -hmm. So since then, I've um, gone through additional training, become a master certified coach through the International Coaching Federation. I have led uh, coach training programs through the organization that I went through, Accomplishment Coaching. And I'm currently on the advisory board for them. And I'm, I've been uh, the president of the International Coaching Federation here in the state of Nevada. I'm still on the board for the ICF here. Um, and I've been coaching now full-time for 16 or 17 years, I think. Amazing. And so you, you really pivoted from this corporate career to now being your own, you, you own a business, right? Coaching is your own, it's your own business. How have you found that journey from corporate America to business ownership? I've loved it. Um, I don't get the international travel and I don't get the frequent flyer miles. So that's <laughs> the only downside, I do, yep. do some travel for my coaching business, but not nearly the way that I did previously. But Being my own boss, um, I do have some employees that work for me, um, but I also get to choose my clients. With coaching, it's really important to make sure it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. And although when I first started coaching many years ago, I was really passionate about coaching people on their finances, 
as I progressed in my corporate career and became an executive, my coaching practice kind of just naturally transitioned with me. And now I do exclusively executive and leadership coaching. So I'm coaching business owners, executives, high potential employees. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a little bit different every day. And I yep. love it. Yeah, I, that that's fantastic. I love that story. Um, so I have a bunch of questions lined up kind of diving into the different areas and focus that you coach in. Um, and I'm, I'm sure these are things you come across with the people you coach. So I want to start with this topic of overcoming self-doubt and building confidence, because I think a lot of people in their leadership journey, reach a point where it's like, am I good enough for this? Am I, are there, are there, there's that voice in the back of the head, right? There's maybe, maybe somebody has said something to us along the way and suddenly we start questioning our skills and ability. So how do you, how, how can somebody overcome that self-doubt? Great question, Megan. And we hear a lot lately, the term imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. and I find it's more prevalent with women. So women, you know, if you've read um, How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson, you see that women don't apply for a job until they feel like they have 95% of what's requested. And men will apply for a job if they have maybe 30% of what's requested, right? So it's very common to doubt yourself and lack confidence. And I find that a lot of the people I coach are in that position, that they're completely competent They're intelligent, but they lack the confidence or the presence. So anytime you're questioning yourself, the first thing I always look to is make sure you're in integrity everywhere in your life, because that is an absolute power leak and will make you doubt yourself every time. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, you train your subconscious how to relate to you. So you want to start by making small promises that you can absolutely fulfill upon and then gradually make bigger promises, take bigger risks, bigger steps, and you will continue to accomplish those. And your subconscious starts to relate to you as, oh, I am someone who does what I said I could do. So that that kind of um, wipes out some of the self-doubt, I think. Yes. You also want to really challenge any negative self-talk. I encourage my clients to really speak from their own greatness and listen for their own greatness. And you might want to surround yourself by people who will challenge you if you're doubting yourself and speaking negatively. And you want to be aware of your strengths and really focus on those, continue to build those. And if you do find things that are not as strong as you would like for them to be, then you can go to work on those, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to really practice self-care, taking care of yourself, um, whether that is your your diet, your exercise, a healthy work-life balance, practicing things that are fun for you, um, because you really, if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good for anyone or anything. And of course you're going to doubt yourself. Right. I find when you feel good and you, you feel good about your, yourself from top to body inside out, it, it helps with that confidence piece, right? You're not, 
you're not doubting any, any part of your physical appearance or your physical care. Um, but I, I love what you said about that, like listening to that inner voice, right. And, and using, relying on your strengths and, and being standing with integrity when you, when you do what you say you're going to do and you follow through on things, even if they're small things that, that helps to build. Right. Right. And was it Einstein that said, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that tape that you let play through your mind is super important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at, I, so I, as I've evolved in my own journey, there's a number of people that I, I follow for inspiration. And I think some of them are people I've worked for. Some of them are people on social media, but how do, how can somebody become a leader that, that inspires that, that people want to actually follow? I think it's really important to lead by example. Uh, It kind of goes back to the integrity too, right? Mm -hmm. People, um, People also want to work for people that they know care about them. So you need to um, kind of understand who the person is, what their goals are, what's going on in their life outside of work, and actually care about it. It's not just about knowing someone's partner's name. It's really knowing what they're up to so that you can support them in that. Right. Yeah. We, this played out as an example. Um, somebody was kind of dove into what are you hoping to achieve financially? Like what, what can we tie your salary to? What can we tie your results to? And it became this exercise of like, well, if you, if you do well here, you're going to get that thing you want. This was a house, right? So somebody wanted to purchase a house and it's like, well, when you tie to those goals outside of work, but when we know more about somebody and what's going on, outside of just our office, I think it can help us relate more. And whether it's somebody that has a big goal that we're supporting them towards that goal, or if they're going through something really challenging at home, just because you're in the office doesn't make all the problems outside the office go away. And I think when, when we have a better understanding of the whole person, it, it helps from a leadership perspective. Absolutely. And I think that also ties into speaking, uh, communicating effectively and actively listening. Mm -hmm. How many times have you shown up at work and you feel like you're invisible? They're not hearing you. You're asking a question and you're getting ignored. They're multitasking, Mm -hmm. right? Answering other people's emails or texts while you're trying to communicate with them. That is not going to inspire your staff. Right. And I I think in, I mean, so many of us are in this virtual space now where when you're sitting in a room with somebody, you can often see, are they focused on me? Are they looking at their phone? Are they there's so many distractions in this virtual space and it's, it can be really hard to have those conversations and and to really be active listening. I think as leaders, it's really important that, that you mute everything around you, right? That you're, that you are in a place where, where you're listening and taking in and supporting because it can be really easy to become distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and communication, I think is one of those really important things no matter where you are in an organization, but when you're leading a team, what types of things do you encourage people to do to improve their communication with their teams? Well, one of the thing is really putting away the distractions, right? 
I don't know if you've seen, uh, Simon Sinek has a great uh, little video clip on whatever social media platforms where he shows that someone comes up and asks a question and they have the phone in their hand. And then if you ask the same question and they've put the phone down, but it's still face up so they can look and see, and they're debating, you know, are is what you're saying more important than somebody that might call or text, right? And then there's putting your phone face down, which is still not giving them your full attention because it still might vibrate and that they might have to check, <laughs> right? So right. you really have to put it away. I have a CEO client right now who's going through the same thing, loves her mission so much that her family has been suffering. And she really had to learn to literally put the phone away when she goes home. It's nowhere yep. in sight. Yep. That is, I mean, I have two teenagers that now have cell phones. So talk about having to lead by example, because for years, no, they didn't have cell phones. And so if mine was at the table, nobody really questioned it, but suddenly nobody has, nobody's allowed to have their phone at the dinner table, including mom, because if I have mine, then why can't they have theirs? And it suddenly becomes this, oh, wow, everyone's just on their phones. Um, Oops, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. My husband and I went out to breakfast recently and there was a sign on the wall that said, no, we don't have Wi-Fi. Pretend it's the 1950s and talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think technology, technology can be amazing, but I think it had, there's, there's so much distraction that comes with it. Yeah. And we, we have to be able to have conversations face to face and relate to each other. Um, it's, it's so important. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really important when it comes to communication with teams is being clear, being concise and offering regular feedback and employees review is not the time that you're going to pull out the list of things they did wrong over the last year. You want to make sure that your teams know what they're doing right and what they could be doing better immediately while they're still aware and remember it. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the annual review should not be full of surprises, right? These it should not be time for, oh, surprise, you did all these things wrong. But I think you're right that that opportunity for immediate feedback is the best time for feedback. Um, and feed, giving feedback can be challenging, but it also, it's going to help improve results. And, and I think that that, that from a leadership perspective is so important when you look at good leaders and what makes a good leader. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. Now on the giving feedback, I want to talk about motivation a little bit because often we want our, often we're, we're fulfilled with these missions to do these really great things. And we, we want our teams to follow, right. But you don't always get people who 
are necessarily quite as excited about you as what the work you're doing. So how can we, how can we motivate our teams to, to really achieve great things? What works best for motivation? I think there are a couple of things. One, you really want for your team to have a challenging goal, but one that's achievable. Mm-hmm. It's really important for them to know that they can succeed. Yep. It's also very important to not be a micromanager. That is definitely inversely correlated with effective leadership and business performance. And people want to know that they are trusted and empowered to go out and do what they need to do. And you can check in as necessary, right? Based on how much experience the person has, maybe how long they've been working with you, but you just want to let them know what needs to be done. You don't want to tell them how to do it. And you want to let them know at what point they should then check in with you before moving on to the next step. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I think it's really important to let people play to their strengths and, and, you know, you've hired somebody for a reason, let them go be great. Um, while providing opportunities for check-in and feedback along the way. But if, if I bring someone on my team to do a specific task and then I'm right there the whole time kind of shadowing them or, or changing everything or even doing it for them, how productive is that? (laughs) And I think it also goes back to what you pointed to earlier, Meg, about know what the employee's goals are, because you want to provide opportunities for growth. And if you don't know where they want to be in some number of years, you don't know what those opportunities are. Right. Right allow them to continue to grow and develop. And otherwise they're going to be bored. They're not going to be motivated. And then you have trouble with the retention and engagement. Absolutely. I think I've always lucked out in my career that I've had managers and leaders that really support growth opportunities and really support the the development of me and, and who I am and what I want to do professionally and personally. And so I was always, I've always been presented with growth opportunities. I've raised my hand a lot. I'm, I'm very good at being like, oh, I'll go help support that. Um, and people know they can rely on that, but I had somebody do this very early in my career. And I think it just opened that window of, oh, I can stretch, I can stretch, I can stretch. And knowing, knowing what your, what your employees wants and needs are allows you to be able to say, Hey, you know, there's a cool opportunity that I think you'd be a really good fit for. Let's figure out how to do a small project or do something that, that gets you stretching in that direction. Um, it's one of my favorite ways to develop people (laughs) is getting them exposure to other teams and cross training. Um, I think it's really fun and it, it kind of helps mix things up a bit at work too. So absolutely. Um, my next question. So this is one of my favorite ones because I think we've all dealt with at points in our careers, a challenging colleague or boss, and it's not fun when you come into work and suddenly there's somebody that you just don't see eye to eye with. And if it's your, if it's your boss, it can be super complicated because obviously you don't want to disrespect, but colleagues as well. So what's your recommendation for handling difficult or challenging colleagues or bosses? Oh, so many. Um, I think, first of all, it's really important to maintain professionalism. You don't want to respond from a place of anger or frustration and bring your emotions into it. And sometimes that means um, being willing to take a break and walk away and agree to come back at a time when you're grounded, right? And again, this comes back to self-care. You have to practice self-care. If you are completely depleted, it's really hard to have a calm, rational conversation, right? Um, And I think 
also we talked about with self-confidence, you know, speaking from your own greatness, listening for your own greatness. When you're dealing with someone else, especially if they're challenging, it's really important to do that for them too. Listen for their greatness, speak to their greatness. You know that even if you don't agree, there is something about them that is brilliant, that's wonderful. And I think you have to come from empathy too. We don't know what's going on with other people outside of the job, what pressures they may have. And you want to really actively listen and seek to understand, ask questions and pick your battles, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If it's little things, probably let them go. But also you don't want to let things build up and wait a long time before addressing something. So you know, it's it's a little bit of a, a fine line to walk, right? Yeah. Yeah. You gave some great recommendations there. And I laugh because it's it's I'm the type that usually there's lots of little things and I just let them go. And then something something happens and it's all just it, it, this this is how it used to be. I've gotten much better at this, but I do think that that idea of if something becomes heated or something becomes like challenging, take a moment to, to walk away and think it through before any confrontation, because obviously you want to, you want to be professional, right? You don't want (laughs) to end up down a path where there's disruption or distraction because it's usually the whole team gets involved, right? It's not necessarily just a one-to-one thing. Um, but that importance of communication and, and really understanding what's going on with the other person and, coming together to find a path forward versus letting it stew or having some kind of massive argument or disruption in the workplace. And this is also where it's really important that there be a shared vision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Otherwise what's the, you, you have a little less incentive to collaborate. Yes, absolutely. But if you're clear on the shared vision, then mm-hmm. it's much easier to find some common ground. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about coaching and how, how coaching helps support people. Before I do that, I want to make sure people know. So we have your, your website and social media channels linked up in our episode notes. So for anyone that's interested in diving into this topic more, if you're looking for leadership support or development, definitely reach out to Wendy and, and get in touch. Um, but Wendy, how can you talk us through kind of how you as a coach can support somebody to, to achieving great things or accelerating in their career? Yeah. So coaching is a few different things. There is facilitative coaching, which I call babysitter coaching, which is just, okay, here's the goal. Here's what you should do. How's it going? And checking in and holding the people accountable. That is maybe one half of 1% of the type of coaching I do. I focus on ontological coaching. So it's really about the study of being like, how do you show up as a person? Um, And if you think about the best leader you've ever worked for or the worst leader you've ever worked for, you have, you got a vision in your mind, Megan, of the two different people. I do. (laughs) Okay. So you're very clear then that it is likely not their education. Mm -hmm. It is not the hard skills that made the difference, right? What made the difference is how did that person show up on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. And so fundamentally, Although in coaching, we're going to clarify the goals, we're going to put in place an actionable plan, we're going to have milestones, there will be accountability. The biggest part of the coaching is really about 
creating new awarenesses, identifying your blind spots, figuring out where you're getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, it's about having you show up as the best version of yourself on a very consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those days when that's not what shows up and something else shows up and is running the show, <laughs> getting very clear on that so yep. that when that shows up, you can switch back to your best self. Yep. So it's a little bit like nothing can take you out or if something does, it's just for such a brief moment. And that's ultimately what is going to make the big difference. And especially for people in a leadership role, imagine what can shift when you're aware of your blind spots so that you can show up more powerfully at work. Your employees are going to be more motivated. They're going to be engaged. They're not going to be bailing and going somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. So one of the things as we start to wrap up here, we talk a lot about challenges that we've overcome and and sort of the path through them. So I'd love if you could share one of the biggest challenges that you have faced in your career and how you overcame it. Gosh, I think uh, challenges that I have overcome definitely I had a boss once when I was in my 20s that was just a massive challenge. Uh, Fortunately, my company got bought by a bigger company and the Fortune 100 company that bought us recognized that that person was um, putting good employees at risk, Mm -hmm. good clients, like our best clients, and so the man was paid to stay home and not talk to anyone for a year. And after that, I got an amazing boss, one of the best, actually the two in a row, best leaders I've ever worked with. Nice. But how I overcame that, I was very direct in my communication. I didn't back down. Um, I knew how to pick my battles. I chose to become the most technical person in the company from a sales and business development perspective so that I was trusted. I was respected by my peers, um, by my clients. So I made myself a little bit invincible in that way. And I also learned to, um, document things, right? We didn't talk about that and how to work with a challenging boss, but it is important to document things just in case you do have to escalate things. Yep. Yep. You never know when that documentation can come in handy. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I know I sprung that question on you, but, um, I, I think it's always helpful to hear some of the things other people have gone through and some examples of, of how, how we can help others do the same. So last question, as we wrap up any, Any last minute words of advice or wisdom you want to share with our listeners? Continue to focus on your own personal and professional development. It's what's going to support you with your relationships, with your family, with your friends, with your career, and make sure that you're, um, you're very clear on your goals, that you're following through on your word because your word is everything. 
Absolutely. Well, great way to wrap up. Wendy, thank you so much for being here with me today. I love chatting with you. Love this topic of leveling up your leadership. To all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to give us a rating on your on wherever you're listening to us. Go make sure you follow Wendy. You can find her on social media. Those links will be in our show notes. And if you're looking for any kind of support with leadership skills, um, definitely reach out to Wendy. Wendy, thank you so much. And I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.